0: After spending an entire slow day at work reading through this sub, I now want to share my little story. My childhood best friend, Marie, and I were around 11 or 12 years old at the time. Marie's family had their own campsite in a provincial park about two hours from our hometown, and would spend the entire summer each year living in their camper out there. This particular summer, I was able to go and stay with them for a week, and we were excited to spend our time adventuring around the park the forest, and the lake. On the last night I was out there, we decided we wanted to hurry down to the ice cream shop by the lake before it closed. It was early evening at this point, still pretty bright out, but beginning to lose light. The path we took was down a short slope right next to the main road with maybe 10 feet of thick brush and trees in between. On the other side was the forest, with more tall, thick brush, as well as towering ancient trees. So we were walking along, not seeing a single other person on the path in front or behind us. We all of a sudden hear rustling and snapping of branches, similar to the sound of maybe a deer or another animal moving through the woods. I wouldn't have thought anything of it. But then, the sound of running footsteps follows. Marie glances back over her shoulder and lunges for my arm, urging me under her breath not to look back. At the same time, The sound of running stops i don't know why i didn't ignore her and get a look myself i guess i could sense the very real fear in her voice and chose to listen we both start to panic though getting that feeling like when you're running up the stairs after turning the basement light off we pick up speed as much as we can without breaking into a full sprint knowing that the plaza of the park that has the ice cream shop a carousel and more importantly, people, is only about a minute away at this point. The path soon breaks, and we find ourselves in the parking lot. Suddenly, Marie steers me hard to the left, heading towards the lake and the boat rental, instead of continuing straight to the plaza, and I go along with it silently, understanding that ice cream is no longer of interest anymore. Marie is clearly panicking at this point, We're both looking around, but it seems whatever scared her is nowhere in sight. Marie walks up to the boat rental, gets us a kayak, and we climb in and begin to paddle towards the middle of the lake. As we paddle, she tells me that there was a man behind us, and that that man had stopped running at us very abruptly upon making eye contact with her. He had been wearing a long black coat with the hood up, despite it being the middle of July. He had a terrible smirk on his face, and she swore that as he stopped running, she saw him put something shiny away into his coat. He appeared to have just emerged out of the bushes after we walked past, given the sounds we heard right before he came running onto the path. We reach the center of the lake and stop our paddling. I pull out my Nokia brick phone that my parents had thank God given me, just in case. I hand it to Marie. Marie and tell her to call her parents to come pick us up. As the phone rings, I see her look out past me towards the shore, and go pale. She lifts a hand to point at what she's seeing, I turn, and there was the man, stalking his way around the path that circled the edge of the lake, staring out at us. We sat in the middle of the lake and watched him do two full laps, never once looking away from us, before finally disappearing back into the trees. It took a few tries to get a hold of her family. We were freaking out so bad the whole time as the sun got lower and lower. It took her father about 20 minutes to finally pull into the parking lot. And by the time we reached the shore, it was pretty dark outside. I don't know what we would have done if we hadn't been able to call for a ride. Looking back, I don't know why we just didn't go to the ice cream shop and form an adult there and ask her parents to come get us then. But it worked out. We got back safe, and thankfully we never saw that man ever again. I was standing at a bus stop with my groceries on a Sunday morning when an older man decided to approach me. He told me his name, then asked mine, my age, and tried to strike up a conversation. He asked if I wanted to smoke weed back at his apartment. Great start to this conversation. I said that I was going home. He offered to call his taxi and dial the phone number in. I looked at the phone screen and asked why he didn't just use Uber. He responded with, that doesn't work with my phone, despite the fact that he was clearly using a standard Android operating system. He spoke in Spanish for about 30 seconds, so the only part that I understood was him stating the name of the intersection that the bus stop was at. After hanging up, he asked if I lived with anyone, and if they'd be expecting me back soon, to which I replied that I lived with my father. He seemed high, or maybe just not all the way there during the encounter, and whenever there was a lull in the conversation, he would repeat, You're so pretty, in the most dope-addled voice I could imagine. At this point, I was extremely uncomfortable, and thinking of a way to exit the situation. I went to apply a layer of lip balm. He suddenly touched my face and wiped the excess off my lips, then grabbed my chin as if he was trying to kiss me. I shoved him in the chest and picked up my grocery bags and curtly said, "I have to go. Bye." He shouted, "I'm sorry. I'm sorry." As I headed towards a stop on a busier street. A few months later, I read in the news that a man had tried to lure a 14-year-old boy into his car a few blocks away from where I ran into this creep. I wouldn't have made the connection if I hadn't read the teenager's description and saw the police sketch. It was a dead ringer to the creepo that I ran into. What stuck out most to me was the height. I noticed he was only a few inches taller than my 4'11", and the boy's description described him as being between 5'1 and 5'3". I'm not sure if they ever caught this guy but I haven't seen him since. It was definitely unsettling, but I'm struck more by his unsophisticated and obvious tactics. I felt like I was playing the tutorial for a video game about not being kidnapped. Plus, cannabis is legal in my state now. Nobody needs to hang out with old weird guys to score anymore. I bet all he had was shitty ditch weed anyway. a 22-year-old female, and back in 2019, I decided to download Tinder a few months after a rough breakup. I was very inexperienced with dating, and pretty shy, so it seemed unlikely that I would meet a potential partner in person. Anyway, after a few matches that led to nothing, I came across the profile of someone that I found very attractive, 21-year-old dude. We matched, exchanged Snapchats, and continued to set up a date. Our very first date was relatively normal and enjoyable. We saw a movie, and by the end of it I felt like we hit it off. However, our relationship was extremely short-lived. Not long after I had agreed to be his girlfriend, after about a month or so of going out, he began to behave very erratically, and would sometimes fall completely silent in the middle of a conversation, ignoring every attempt that I would make to ask him what was wrong. He became hot-tempered, slamming doors, and speeding on the road when he was mad. I started to feel really uncomfortable about our relationship. This went on for about a few weeks, until one night, when we were on our way to have dinner downtown, he fell silent mid-conversation. I became extremely anxious as he pulled into a nearby parking garage, wondering what I had done to upset him this time. As we parked, I decided to ask him what was wrong. To no answer. When I asked him again, he shouted at me to shut the f- up. I was completely frozen for a moment, but upon regaining my faculties, I got up the courage to tell him that we were done. I gathered my belongings from the car, and walked over to the nearest coffee shop to call an Uber. It was fairly late at night, so I walked as fast as I could, hoping he wouldn't follow. When I made it to the shop, I noticed that I had several missed calls from him. When I made it home that night... I blocked him on all social media, and decided to never contact him again. I'm fairly familiar with the dynamic of toxic relationships, and I knew that if he could talk to me that way, completely unprompted, it was likely that he was capable of much, much more. About a week goes by, as I start to settle my emotions a bit. I decide to confide in a friend, who had never met this guy, by the way, about what happened, feeling completely embarrassed the whole time. A few nights later, I receive a text from the same friend. It was a screenshot of an Instagram DM from someone that she didn't follow. My now ex. It said something to the effect of, hey, I'm sorry we're having to meet like this, but so-and-so is ignoring me and I need to talk to her. My heart absolutely sunk after reading this. I decided to message all of my friends separately and let them know what had happened. Just in case it happens to them too. Later that week... I start receiving several DMs from various accounts, all without profile pictures or previous posts. Eventually, I gave in and responded to one, asserting that the relationship was over and that I didn't want to hear from him again. I blocked the accounts immediately afterwards. As time went on without hearing a word in weeks, I figured I had reached the end of the situation. Until one morning, while I walked to my car... I noticed something dangling around the handle of my car door. It was a necklace I gave him. He had only picked me up once from my house before. The thought of him driving to my house, about a half hour from his place, earlier that night, freaked me out. I was shaken up for a while. It was by no means an expensive necklace, and I had the exact same one. But I kept it pushing. I thought maybe it was his way of acknowledging that we were done. Two months later, I was working my job at a small boutique near my house, where one of my responsibilities involved answering the phone several times a day. So when the phone rang, I thought nothing of it. But when I picked up, I immediately recognized his voice. He started rambling about wanting his sweatshirt back, but I hung up before he could finish. That was the last time I would ever tell someone I was dating where I worked. I was completely losing it at this point especially considering he had never called me at work while we were together. This led me to wondering, how did he even know when I would be working, which day, and what time? I told my older sister of the situation, and her being very protective, she decided to message him herself. She told him to leave me alone, and even offered to give him back the sweatshirt for me. He refused, and insisted on meeting up with me in person to get it, when it became abundantly clear that he didn't actually want the sweatshirt back. She threatened him with a restraining order, to which he never responded. And that was officially the last time that I ever heard from him. The torment, the appeals, the unrequested messages, lasted longer than the relationship even did. I'm not sure what I did to deserve all the unrequited attention, but I'm glad that it abruptly ended when it did. Ladies, feel no shame or embarrassment. confiding in others about the creepiness that you're exposed to. And fellas, maybe just don't be so damn creepy. Hey everybody, Malevolent here. This is our first upload since crossing the 10k subscriber threshold and I just wanted to personally thank everyone for helping me to build this into the community that it is today. Trust that this is only the beginning and we have some major things coming. I hope you're here for it all and I'll see you on the next one.